For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben and Barry podcast. Now, before we went on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about some NFL football, as we have a Week 14 matchup to talk about between the Niners and the Bengals. But before we do that, we're going to quickly recap how we did last week. And unfortunately for us and for the 49ers, we did not fare too well because we had the Niners covering and we had them and the Seahawks going under the posted total, and neither of those happened. Now, to go through how that game went, it was a pretty fascinating game. Uh, Seattle, of course, ended up winning it by seven. Uh, Both teams combined for seven turnovers, or sorry, six turnovers. It was an absolute mess of a game. Technically seven if you include the turnover on downs, etc. But either way, uh, San Francisco had the game, seemed like in hand early, and then the wheels kind of fell off. You had a fake punt to start the game for Seattle for a 73-yard touchdown. Great play call. It was one of the most effective fake punts I've ever seen. I don't think anyone touched Homer on his way to the end zone, but the Niners responded well with 17 unanswered points to take a 17-7 lead. Then Seattle scored with Adrian Peterson. Uh, Then Kittle caught a touchdown pass. Gould missed the extra point, though, and they led by nine with about a minute and change left in the first half. Then Seattle went on a 65-yard drive, scored a touchdown with 12 seconds left, and then ended up recording a safety to tie the game. Garoppolo can't take a safety there, but either way, Seattle got the ball back. Uh, later on in the third quarter, scored a touchdown, passed Tyler Lockett, nice over-the-shoulder catch, and then you had no points in the entire fourth quarter. You had a very impressive goal line stand there with the fumble recovery by San Francisco, and then you had the almost fantastic 97-yard touchdown drive, which fell a bit short as the Niners had a fourth-and-goal pass that was tipped down at the line of scrimmage and landed uh, with nobody catching it and nobody getting to the end zone. So Niners ended up losing 6-6, six and six, still in decent spot. A position to make the playoffs. Seattle still, I guess, hanging around at four and eight. They play Houston this upcoming week, so they should be five and eight. But you're looking at San Francisco, and to go through the actual box score, the game kind of came down to how I thought it would come down. Uh, the unfortunately, unfortunately for us, I thought San Francisco would run the ball uh, more efficiently, and they did not. But I thought that if Garoppolo had to throw the ball more than twenty times, uh, twenty-five times or so, the Niners would have issues. And Garoppolo threw the ball 30 times. Now, his 
passing yards, and his touchdowns looked okay. He had 299 passing yards, two touchdowns. However, he had a QBR of 32.9, so that tells you all you need to know about how he played. The two interceptions weren't great. The safety he took was brutal. But Garoppolo is a guy who, once again, you don't really trust to win you a game. And he was close to going on a 97-yard game-tying drive, but he didn't get there. And I'm going to roast Shannon in a second for one particular play call, but I'm going to get through the rest of the stats first. Elijah Mitchell had 66 yards and a touchdown. He also had 18 receiving yards. Unfortunately for him, he also suffered a concussion, so he is questionable for this upcoming game against Cincinnati. Besides that, nobody else really carried the ball. Kittle had one carry for five yards. That doesn't really count. So even after Mitchell got injured, you saw no Wilson Jr., in the backfield, you saw really no hasty in the backfield. It seemed like the Niners, of course, were playing catch-up in the second half and kind of had to abandon the run. But when you average 2.8 yards per carry as a team, that's not exactly ideal. And for the Niners especially, they need to average close to four if they want to win games. But uh, going through the receiving core, George Kittle was absolutely nuts. He had nine catches for 181 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he looked as good as he possibly could. There's really no other way to put it. Seattle couldn't cover him. He was unstoppable. And that's why I'm also a bit annoyed that San Francisco did not even target him once inside of the 10-yard line on that final uh, goal-to-go situation. But Ayuk was okay through receptions, 55 yards. Of course, Debo Samuel did not play because of injury, but that was pretty much it for the receiving core. And as for the defense, they gave up 30 points technically. I mean, one was a special teams touchdown, one was a safety so if you take the special teams touchdown out of it and you also take the safety, that means that the Niners defense only gave up 21 points. And there are also some interceptions in there which set up the uh, Seahawks in some decent field position. So I didn't think the defense was that bad. They sacked Wilson four times for 50 yards. So a lot of lost yards there on some sacks. But the defense I didn't think was great by any means. It was okay, though. They recovered a couple of fumbles. Uh, they ended up. Uh, also forcing Wilson to throwing an interception. So they, had, they forced some turnovers, and not really much else to add. I thought the defense was okay. It wasn't great, but I really thought that the game came down to Garoppolo making plays, and unfortunately, he was not able to do so. But now i got to talk about my brief rant here for Shanahan, particularly on the last drive. I get the idea of running the ball on first down, on first and goal, to try to milk another 40 seconds off the clock. You can't run the ball there on second and goal as well. You just can't do it. I, I get that you want to try to inch closer, and I get that you want to take more time off the clock. You took 40 seconds off. You need three shots at the end zone. And especially with Garoppolo, you might want to have as many shots as you can to get the score a touchdown, not even just to score a touchdown, but to also potentially draw a defensive penalty, either a defensive holding, defensive pass interference, something that will give you an automatic first down to give you more shots at scoring. But by running the ball again on second down, you only gave yourself two shots to score a touchdown there realistically, and I thought that ended up costing them the game. Now, of course, you still got to make the plays. Third and goal, fourth and goal, you still had two shots at it, but Shannon choosing to run there on second and goal really just annoyed me, and I thought that was really poor coaching. But it is what it is. Uh, Niners will look to bounce back here with a win over Cincinnati, and that's going to segue us to Cincinnati who had a pretty disappointing showing against the Chargers last week as the Chargers had a huge lead, then almost blew it, and then blew the game open again as the Chargers won that game 41-22. to You had a defensive touchdown there, which kind of put the game on ice after Mixon fumbled and it was returned to the house. But uh, Joe Burrow injured his finger. Uh, he should end up playing in this game, but he looked definitely 
bothered by it. Let's put it that way in the second half. So I do question how effective he's going to be. Besides that, though, the offense was, I'd say, okay. It scored 22 points. Burrow was up and down, but some of that was with the finger issues as he had 300 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Joe Mixon was quiet, 19 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown, but he also had the fumble that I mentioned before. T. Higgins was great. He had 138 receiving yards and one touchdown. Boyd at 85 yards. Jamar Chase at 52 yards. He had that really awful drop, which turned into an interception, uh, which I thought he should have had. But either way, Burrow was okay, per se. I didn't think he was great, but he wasn't awful. At least as bad as the stats indicate, because the one interception, uh, one of the interceptions that he threw was really not his fault. But he also got sacked six times. So I that was a mix of blame in the offensive line and a mix of just hanging on to the ball too long. But... The defense definitely struggled. Herbert had 317 passing yards, did whatever he wanted. A bunch of wide-open guys throughout the entire game. Uh, the Chargers ended up having 363 total yards. A lot of it came in the first half uh, before Cincinnati's defense seemed to get a handle on things before the fumble touchdown once again kind of broke the game open. But Herbert was sacked four times. He did throw an interception. So Cincinnati's defense did make some plays, just not enough. And the offense also was a little bit stagnant. But to go through... Uh, the upcoming matchup, of course, you got to talk about Burrow's hand. Uh, you got to talk about the fact that Higgins is also questionable for this game. And Debo Samuel's status is still up in the air. So we don't know if he's going to play or not. But what I will tell you is that San Francisco has been a great road team all season long as the Niners are 4-2 and two on the highway, while Cincinnati is 3-3 three and three at home. Now, it's an interesting situation with Cincinnati because this team has kind of been underrated and overrated for the entire season, where you, as soon as you start to overlook them, they look good, and as soon as you take them seriously, they fall apart. Of course, losing to the Jets is the prime example of that earlier in the year in the Mike White game. But the Niners are road favorites of about 1.5 points, and the total in this game is around 48.5. And... A half. and Niners totals I have found quite difficult to predict because the offense has been very run-centric. They really don't like to air it out too much, which bodes well for the under. And yet, San Francisco's had some high-scoring games for the last couple of weeks. You can just go through the Minnesota game. That landed 60. Uh, the Seattle game landed 53 with no points in the fourth quarter, I might add. You had Jacksonville, where, of course, that game went under, but they, they scored 30 points. Jacksonville's just a useless team. And they scored 31 against the Rams, only held, uh, or they held the Rams to just 10 points. So the offense has been pretty good. They've scored at least 30 points in three of the last four games. The issue has been the defense occasionally letting up a fair share of opportunities, whether or not it's from short fields or not. But Cincinnati has been kind of a similar story where the defense has been hit or miss, but the offense is usually good. You can look at the last couple of results here, and these Cincinnati games have been flying over the totals for the most part. You can go through uh, since the, really just since the uh, Lions game, they had a 58-point total uh, or game uh, against the Ravens, 65 against the Jets, then you had 57 against the Browns, 45 against the Raiders, bit of a low-scoring game, and then the fourth quarter exploded. But you had 51 points against the Steelers, uh, 41 by the Bengals themselves, but that's still a high-scoring total against Pittsburgh, and then 63 against the Chargers. The question is, do I really want to take an, o an under with Cincinnati, who's been having a lot of high-scoring games lately? And I think I have to. I got to go with the under, because you're looking at the Niners situation, and 
the or the offensive situation, and they're missing some guys potentially. Mitchell might not play. Samuel might not play. And I do think after last week's debacle, you will see them try to run the ball more. Now, Cincinnati has their own issues where their quarterback has a messed up finger on his throwing hand. So I do uh, have some concerns about his ability to throw the ball accurately down the field. 48 and a half just sounds too high to me. I get that both these teams have played high-scoring games, but with the injuries I just mentioned, I have a hard time taking it over. So I do think you will see a lower-scoring game here. Bit of a hot take, but I do think this game will be close throughout, and I do think you will see points be at a little bit of a premium in this spot. Nothing crazy, but probably in the realm of 24-20, to 20, uh, something like that, maybe... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think 24-20 sounds about right. I think Cincinnati could potentially score less than 20, but I don't really see it because the Niners' defense has been okay. It has not been amazing by any means. But 24-20 is the score I'll go with. I think it has a shot of going over, but I think it'll fall just a bit short. But at the end of the day, I do think that San Francisco will be able to do enough up front, particularly on the defensive end, because we saw Cincinnati struggle with pass protection last week, and I do think that San Francisco will be able to generate pressure as that was one of the only things they did well last week. So I think Burrow will be struggling. He might turn the ball over a couple of times, but I do think that San Francisco's defense will put together a pleasant performance here for the fans, and I do think that you will see the Niners end up winning this game. So once again, my thoughts on the upcoming matchup here for Week 14. I got the Niners, minus 1.5, and I got the under 48.5, and what should be a close and pretty entertaining game throughout but I do have questions about Cincinnati, whether they're for real, and whether or not Burrow will A, stop taking sacks, B, stop turning it over, and C, uh, look sharp with the hand injury. So with all those question marks, I'll take the Niners, and I will take the under. But that has been this installment of the Ben and Brea podcast here for Thursday, December 9th. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.